0: On
1: the fridge. the fridge. On the, fridge, on, the fridge. on the fucking fridge. I knew it.
2: I knew it. But you had to be a big man. You're listening to Potta Bing, a podcast that breaks down every episode of The Sopranos one at a time. Um, are you guys excited about the holidays?
3: Mm, yes.
2: Do you guys have a tree in your place? Yeah, I got a tree. Do you have a tree? No. You don't do a tree.
3: We did last year, and it was a nightmare. It was like a
2: real tree. Nightmare. Is yeah,
3: because a... I wanted like the biggest tree in the world, and then we got the lights that don't wrap around the ones you just like throw on a bush.
2: So mm. they're already
3: like in a net. It was yes. just. It wasn't as fun as a. Are you it was staying
2: be. in L.A.? No, or... I go
3: to Boston and do the whole twelve
2: fishes, You're the big Italian feast. Man, the food at her place must be off the hook. We
3: have like lobster, shrimp, everything. We sort. saw at dinner. Oh, yeah. That works.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's right, we do. I could yeah. do a
3: little fish. Do you guys eat fish? Seafood? Yeah.
2: Okay. The only thing I can't eat is shellfish. I'm allergic to shellfish. What do the uh, Irish have for Christmas? It's just shepherd's pie and... Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, we throw scones at each other. <laughs> I don't
2: know. <laughs> so today we're talking about episode 10, season 2, Bust Out. Airdate March 19th, 2000. Written by Frank Renzulli, Robin Green, and Mitchell Burgess. Directed by John Patterson. HBO synopsis. Richie meets with Tony to complain about his end of the garbage business, then meets with Junior to complain about Tony. Later, Tony orchestrates the planned bankruptcy of David Scatino's sporting goods store, while Scatino's wife introduces Carmela to her handsome, widowed brother. So I'll start off by saying that I interviewed, uh, Mrs. Scatino this weekend. Her name is Marisa Redanti. That episode will be coming out shortly after this one does. She was really cool and actually is like a politician. She's like an activist in New York City right now. And I also sat down with Joe Penny, who played Vic in this episode. And I talked to them on the same day back-to-back, and they both remember each other vividly, and it was really interesting for not only for the fact that it was the same show that they were both on, but they both had, like, stories about each other. So, stay tuned for that. So, the title is Bust Out. So, as alluded to by David Scatino, he mentions the term in the show, right? A bust out is a fraud tactic, mainly used in organized crime, where a business's credit lines and assets are exhausted until bankruptcy. I also learned And you guys might already know this, but actually Justin probably definitely knows this, that it's also a card. It's like a poker term. Are Mm. you familiar with that? Yeah. Like, it's when you lose all your chips. I didn't know that. And you're out. Okay, so before we dive into the episode, I just want to say something about the visuals and textures of this episode. They were sublime from start to finish, from carousels to sporting goods stores to living rooms with newspapers on the floor— Over and over again, the regularness of life is presented in the most beautiful ways. And textures here are significant. In art, texture conveys emotion and connection. And in this episode, I don't know about you guys, but I felt many times that Tony was kind of slipping away a little bit. And for me, at least, the textures acted as a hand grabbing across the TV saying, stay with me. So we're going to jump right in. The big plot point of this whole episode is that Tony was spotted. Mm -hmm. Somebody saw Tony. OK, stylistic observation that I have is the brutal and cold, hopeless Matt Aqua pictures that we see on the table. And then you cut to Tony being backdropped by a carousel, which is whimsical, hopeful and full of life. Right. It made me think of Mad Men. It definitely do, was Mad Men. Do you remember the carousel episode in Mad Men? Yeah. You obviously... Yeah. Which is, to me, is one of the best episodes in TV ever. Totally. Uh, and I, again, The Sopranos is still here, but that, sure. I was thinking of that, and then I was also thinking of... This was Tony's first Don Draper moment in the show. And what I mean by that is in Mad Men, you always see Don kind of having these out-of-body experiences in the real world. And we got that with Tony here. Yeah. He's engaging with the civilian and their kid. And he's just we're just like looking at him almost as if he's like an animal in a zoo who's yeah. escaped from his family domain.
0: I looked at the merry-go-round as maybe of a negative connotation, too. What did you see? uh, Representing a feeling of getting nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Oh, like a rat race? Yeah,
0: representing a circular logic in in that sense, where he's, he's the same Tony, and he's sort of stuck.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, it was interesting he was in front of a carousel just in general. It's just a bizarre, you know, visual to see this mobster, and then, like, you know, go into a father figure in such a dramatic edit of the playback of Matt. And I was like, whoa. It's very yeah. Mad Men to me.
2: It's interesting how, this is why it's so great to do this as a group because we see different things. Yeah. I saw positive for a change in the show and you saw something negative and it's, and, it, it, and both are equally plausible. Yeah. Huh. So Richie comes in, he complains about Barone sanitation. The only note I have here is that Tony fucks up the Virginia ham line, mm. which I thought was great. Richie, Richie's so smart. His reaction was the best.
1: You know, you're like the old woman who's got a Virginia ham under her arm and, and she goes around crying because she's got no bread. <laughs> Never mind, the
2: point is... Later, we see Carm still reading Geisha in bed. I'm kind of going, my notes for this episode, because this episode, like Sopranos Autopsy kind of mentioned, it's very uh, methodical. It's mm-hmm. just boom, boom, boom. So my notes for today are very much in the organization of the show because it was kind of deliberate the way they organized it. So we see Carm reading uh, Geisha still. We mentioned that last week as well. We learned that Tony wants to spend more time with AJ. There's a great line where he says, I'm not worried about Meadow. She can take care of herself, which goes back to that whole thing. Meadow's primed... For for life. Yeah. Compared to AJ, mm-hmm. you know, and this is again, proof positive that Tony believes that. So Carmela mentions fatherly support. You know, there's a Harvard study is what she cites. So naturally I researched the Harvard study and a lot of time has elapsed since 2000. You know, we're now 18 years in, but there actually was a study and it actually can, Harvard actually continues to lead in this space. And there are a couple of things that have been validated and or evolved since March 2000. Namely, dads have a direct impact on their child's future. That's kind of like a fact at this point, or established. Seems kind of common sense. And then even from birth, children who have an involved father are more likely to be emotionally secure, to be confident to explore their surroundings, and as they grow older, have better social connections. So Carmela is a little bit of a Nostradamus. Nostradamus. Yeah. There you go. There you go. She's a little bit of like Carmela Damas here because um, she was ab- absolutely right. The Tony line, though, that I have a question for you guys about is he says, I don't want another Christopher on my hands. Any thoughts on what he meant by that? Can can you guys, either of you, parse that a little I bit? I had
3: that question, too. I, I. So what do you think? What I think he's head? justifying, like, I think he's flipping it around that he didn't want to end up with the bad, like, the people that shot him. I don't think he's really necessarily saying he doesn't want AJ to be like Christopher. I think he's saying that to Carmella to kind of, like, soften the blow of, like, you don't want him to get mixed up with the wrong crowd, even though Christopher was shot by his crowd in a way. Like, he's just kind of dumbing it down. Like, ugh. That's what I think, at least. But I agreed with you. I was like, that's a weird, it's a hefty line to say. You know, Chris isn't line. a huge drug addict, you know, like, yet. All he doesn't way. know that yet. Yeah, yeah, so it was just... What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think it begs the question if he thinks that AJ would fall into his lifestyle and take after his old man or something. And I don't think he wants that
2: for him. So the Ramsey Outdoor bust out, okay, which is my Netflix show for this series. (laughs) The the origin story of Ramsey Outdoor. Um, What's Ramlosa citrus sparkling water? Have either of you guys tried it?
3: No, but I've found what it is. It's interesting when I watch this again, how many of the things that they used from Ramsey's Outdoor are in this episode. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Later first, on, we yeah, see it show like, up again. the water, the coolers, like, the fishing, I didn't even
0: Everything. notice. Yeah, Is it an East Coast drink? Have you ever had it, John? I haven't. I wasn't really a sparkling water
2: guy until recently. Are you a LaCroix person now, though? Yeah. So, uh, it makes me wonder if this was the LaCroix of North Jersey in the 2000s. It's from
3: Sweden. It's a brand of carbonated mineral water.
2: I got. Such it's like a, a deal.
3: fancy. <laughs> it's like a fancy health spa type of sparkling water.
2: It's like a Pellegrino. Yeah,
3: right? so people think it's
0: you know chic. Yeah. Well, on that note of where it's coming from and who's having, it's like Scatino's wife is drinking water that was stolen from her own store, it's or awful. like irony. The, the coolers I given know. to. Uh, just, Here's
3: my question: Why red, not blue, with the coolers?
0: I got so much heat on that. Richie April starter kit for showing a blue cooler. They're like, it's supposed to be
2: red. Oh, it is supposed yeah. to be red. Do you have any insight as to what the red signifies for him?
0: I don't know. That that was strange. Uh, like visually for red as a color, it's not a good selling color because uh, subliminally you, you're you stopping. It's supposed to prevent you from...
3: However, you're supposed to paint your dining room red because it makes you hungry.
2: Um. Okay, so, so bust out. They're having Scatino order shit, right? So that they can sell it themselves on the black market. Is that essentially what this is? Yeah. They're getting all the merch, and then they're going to dispose of the merch however they want, right? Yeah, they're they're
0: making the best of the situation. They can't get money from him, so they're going to find every creative way to use his credit line to find alternative methods that's what it is
2: okay so So, it's
3: already making deals buying the water from the mob just fyi like
2: yeah so what's so funny about that right is that they sold like Artie was their first customer right yeah (laughs) but it's a hundred percent profit to them because they didn't pay for it and i never
0: got that connection until watching it for this me too last time i'm telling you
2: that's why that's why unless you're an active participant in this show you can watch it a thousand times. I feel kind of bad for us because now, once this is over, we will have actively participated the F out of the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said F, but I'll just go with that. <laughs> that you... Your you father. I know, that, that's exactly where I <laughs> from. It'll it comes be the
0: from. one episode that's not explicit. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly
2: where it came from right there because I was home with my children this morning. Um, but we're actively participating and now you're noticing everything and it'll be really interesting to see if we notice... Another thing I noticed about this scene, actually, you guys were paying attention to the color of the coolers. I was paying attention to the way that Richie was at Attacking that sandwich, he bites into that
0: thing like. And <laughs> there's uh stuff written online about the inaccuracy of the amount
2: that he eats between oh the cutscenes. Like, how did he eat that much sandwich? I oh, mean, he took a giant bite that first bite. He wound up like a pitcher. So he was
0: hungry on set um, that day.
2: So the travel agency scam. We learn about this this idea that Tony's trying to use the store to procure tickets in bulk, airline tickets. Is this the precursor to something that comes later? We're not spoiling anything, but is this, are you guys with me on the yeah, same Yeah, yeah for this sure. This is the building block of that?
3: Mm-hmm. It is.
2: Okay. Diamond Jim reference. He was just an American businessman. That's all I got. <laughs> you got anything else? I have a very important caveat to this, which is going to start stirring up a bunch of shit at this table. Diamond Jim Brady, he was an American businessman during the late 1800s in what was known as the Gilded Age. But the key caveat about him is that he was a New York City Irish immigrant. Interesting. Oh. And that's why the reference to David, because David Scatino, he's, what is he, half Irish in the show, right? Mm-hmm. The so, lies. it was a very particular reference. Dig, yeah. You know, a very particular dig. Um And if you're an Italian or if you're half Italian and you're called Irish, right, based on what I know, by the way, just based on our episode, our episode, the episode came out on Monday, at least 10 people DM'd me about the beef between the Italians and the Irish. There's a whole history there, man. It's like deep, it's deep-rooted, but it has to do with basically competing, essentially getting here at the same time and competing for the same work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started. You know, why are they getting it, us against them kind of thing? And uh, to this day, uh, it's, it's kind of faded out a little bit according to what I heard from one person. Um, okay, so the police come on account of Matthew Bevilacqua, right? They, they visit Tony. Great line is... Did
1: you let them in the house? Wow Ren. Wow, rent. How do you say it in the fucking
2: Polish? There was a reference that he gives to one of the FBI agents, though, when he says, you're a comedian, is that how you broke your nose? I. Tried for the life of me to find out who that was or what he meant by that. The only thing that came into my head was Owen Wilson, but it was—this predated Owen Wilson. Did you guys find anything?
3: Part of me, I thought it was like, he's a shitty comedian, so someone punched him in the face because he either said something that insulted someone or it was a bad fucking joke yeah. and someone was like, get the fuck off and punched him. I'll buy that. That's what I thought. It's a natural But canopy. it was a weird—yeah, it was
0: <laughs> I did find out how to say warrant in Polish. Okay. Because that's important. Uh, <laughs> it's the nakaz.
2: Okay. I'll yeah. take it. Um, so Skip, real quick. Skip's pissed about the violence, like we alluded to in a previous episode. Don't go pulling my taffy, he says. No violence, okay? He wants to know that this, you know, we, we kind of get a glimpse into the darker side of Skip. He demands to get Tony on tape. I felt like personally, give me your take on this as well. I felt like personally he took it a little easy on Puss, Was that their friendship coming out? Or does he really believe he's this close to cracking the case on Tony and he's trying to stay engaged and ride this thing out?
0: This whole dynamic is weird. You're over it? I agree. You've been over it too for a while. Yeah, I don't like... It's it's been stretched out too long. I don't get how... Like, this particular thing, I think they got lucky. It was pure luck that someone saw Tony. But why they aren't pursuing it more? Uh, Why didn't they... His fingerprints were everywhere. There's so much... Uh, evidence that I think they could gather to at least build a case to have to bring him in, and they're just like, we got this witness, and they said it's him. Like they should be doing more.
2: Yeah, that's that's what I'm kind of asking yeah. you guys. Like I felt like, why didn't they come down harder on Pussy? Well, he got oh, off well, easy. Pussy.
3: Yeah, I think it's. I mean, in my opinion, I feel like it's so shocking that they would have such a slip up like this. Like Tony would be ID'd on a murder like that's wild that a part of me feels like they can't even believe that this might be true so it's like
2: what What's shocking is that he participated. Right? Yeah. This whole we've been building up now for ten episodes, where he's been separating himself from the business. Yeah, he won't talk to people at satrials. Yeah, he won't be present anywhere. Remember when he bumped up Pauly outside of the Costello Monument? He basically said, "Look, I'm I'm insulating myself from everybody, including you guys." Yeah, and now all of a sudden he's going to pack heat and he's going to go light up Bevelacqua. Well, and then the other thing that blows me away is that they did as many bullets as they did. Like I would feel pop, and then run and get yeah. out of the scene. They spent a good five, six minutes there afterwards. Well,
3: that's their egos, I feel like. But, I I mean, sometimes we learn later, like, a RICO case versus, like, a gun charge or a murder charge. So there's, like, difference of, like, because you can mess up the RICO case by giving them a charge. But I feel like a murder charge would probably put you away.
2: I feel like
0: murder's <laughs> at the top of the list. Yeah. They have uh, Pussy on such a long leash. Like, well, for him a, to get yeah. away with operating...
3: Which makes this me wish so we strange. saw something else about Skip's personal life, or like where he ranks in the FBI, because any other interaction with FBI people and other informants or people, it's never the same camaraderie. And,
0: and that's what I think was missing is we needed to see Skip interacting with other FBI agents. Mm-hmm. You don't see the connection. It's a good point. It, yeah, it's just it's implied because he says he knows about X, Y, Z.
3: Like, is he low? Or is he high in, in the FBI? Because if he's low, it makes sense. He's, like, kind of not very good at getting what he needs from Puss and, like, is a pushover. But I can't, I don't
2: know.
0: Oh, there was that one episode, right, where he was talking to him and Grosso was with him. So Yeah, that's there was true. That. There
2: was a, they gave you a little bit of what you wanted, but not enough. They gave you a taste.
0: That was the helicopter. But they didn't give scene. you the
2: enchilada. Mm-mm. Yeah. So check this out. I'm going to bring this up for the first time. I just thought of it. So I'm going to be the last person to criticize the show, okay? But... Tony's still suspicious. Why don't they have a permanent tail on pussy? I'm going to mention this in a moment with Pauly, how it's one of the themes. Whenever Tony needs some recon done, some reconnaissance, he always sends Pauly out to go find out what's going on with the feds, go find out about the witness. Why didn't he keep a lock tail on pussy? The easy answer is that he's, he doesn't believe that he's the guy since Jimmy Altieri got whacked. But it seems too easy. It seems like a missed opportunity to have him be tailed and maybe even be a red herring like so that someone is tailing him and then it leads to nowhere and then they're like, oh no, puss is with us. We're done. They didn't do it one time and that was like the one area where I feel like they just kind of gave, you mentioned, one of you just said they gave him a long leash. I feel like Tony gave him a long leash too. So -hmm. he's got these two long ass leashes and he's flying like a kite in the wind right now and that's why I think you guys are annoyed with Skip and why I'm annoyed with like, why is Tony like, so trusting
3: because it's his family i mean we see later he's gonna give another long leash to another family member we haven't met yet he goes too long and like you know that that's you would do anything for your family he doesn't want it to be pussy. tony's vulnerable yeah even in the um when they're eating the sandwiches he says oh i like to keep a bag in my trunk and Paulie's like yeah we know to pussy because like you vanished
0: because you
2: skipped they, out
3: to puerto rico yeah they yeah. give him a hard time about it but i don't know
2: Real quickly, Tony's lawyer is quite a presence in this episode.
3: With that cigar, Jesus!
2: Oh man, it's a very picturesque individual. Hashtag shot caller, right? Uh, when Tony goes to see his lawyer the first time about the new heat that's on him, the lawyer says "ducks in a row." Mm-hmm. Just wanted to make that observation. Got that too, yeah. Moving on to Carm. So we're introduced to Vic for the first Hello. time. Forget about it, right? Yeah, hey. It's like the Donny Brasco, like, Minga, those peppers, forget about it so when, forget. You see, when you see Vic, right? The key observation for me in this initial encounter was when Mrs. Scatino says,
0: Don't even think
3: about it. She's married to Tony Soprano.
2: Well, Married's good enough
0: for me. Poor husband is doesn't matter. I respect the ring.
1: Especially that ring. Probably came off a dead person's finger.
2: Cut to David Scatino considering suicide. Mm. Again, on one side of the script, you have Carmela's unrequited love. And then in a moment, you have a guy laying on a pool table with a gun in his mouth. Yeah. So there's that religious terminology, you know, giveth and taketh away. It's the same thing with the show over and over again. You're happy for a minute. Carmela's smiling. She's mentally picturing being in some fantasy romance novel with Vic. Boom, pool table, gun in your mouth.
0: I liked the relationship between them it was recognized immediately just by him saying oh she's a nice lady and she knew exactly what that yeah. meant like when you pay any attention to a woman you're you have a your eyes on something good sister brother banter great banter was. that was a great scene is it interesting to just for her to be so nice to Carmela and people on the show do this to her they they interact with her but then as soon as they turn the other way they're like fucking mob lady.
2: Like. Do you know who she's married to? Yeah. 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 Okay. My favorite scene in this episode. Not the most rewatchable, but my favorite. The Richie and Janice sequence. The okay? second
3: the second gun we see.
2: You're the best. Gun to the head. You're the boss. <laughs> One of my favorite memes
0: is I put Hillary Clinton on oh Richie's face oh and boy. had Janice going, it should be you, it should be you. So good. Did
2: that blow up?
0: Uh, We have a lot of conservatives on our page. That's
2: true. A lot of a lot of Elvis country on your page. (laughs) A lot of Elvis country. So it should be you. Again, I've said this over and over again, but I'm going to say it again. I can't overstate enough the power of David Proval's use of hands. And you guys are looking at me right now. I'm using my hands. No, it's
3: true. He
0: the use of his hands
2: in this scene as as Richie. Sometimes it feels like the camera is more focused on his hands than his face. Totally. And. You are magnetically drawn to him. I we're not spoiling anything. We're kind of spoiling things by saying over and over again that we're not spoiling anything, but there, there needs to be more Richie. Like, and this is something that we will talk about once we get to season four. We will compare and contrast, like everybody's always doing the number one question that I'm getting is Ralph or Richie. Um, Paul Castellano is mentioned. So Paul Castellano is called the Howard Hughes of the mob. And I actually learned this from Justin. He mentioned the name to me on episode two of the podcast. And then I I looked this up. So these notes are actually from episode two. I want to know how he got the moniker Howard Hughes of the mob I couldn't find anything on that. But he succeeded Carlo Gambino as the head of the Gambino crime family. And the famous thing about this guy is that John Gotti pulled an unsanctioned hit on him outside this restaurant in Manhattan. And that's where the blood splatter thing was. That's how it came up. It came up in something else that we were talking about. But that's Paul Castellano. Richie mentions him by name. Janice says,
3: When your opponent gives you an opening, be swift as a hare. Sun Tzu.
2: Janice dripping Sun Tzu bars is epic. If The Art of War was narrated by Aida Turturro yeah. in character as Janice, that would be money in the bank.
0: I love that this couch may also be the couch that Richie was getting blowjobs from Janice when they were younger too. Totally.
2: Good call. Full circle, baby. Full circle. And being interrupted by her mom, too. Ooh, you got that, too, right? Okay, yeah. So I love Livia on the power slide. I enjoyed Autopsy's comparison to her newly mechanized state as Darth Vader. So weird. It was so fucking awesome. It was so
3: weird. I thought this scene was one of my favorites because Janice says, I find powerful men erotic, which I think is really interesting. And then Richie says,
1: I gotta be loyal. Without that, we crumble."
3: Tell that to Paul Castellano.
1: I'm old school, Janice. Is he lying?
3: Or does he really believe that and he follows it because...
2: He's old school. He's old school. That's all you got to know about Richie. does he follow it? Well, We'll we're going to find out when he sits down with Junior in a few minutes. Did she say that on purpose to piss him off? Of course she is. Janice is always stirring the pot like James Harden. Yeah. Okay? Got it in. It's wow. Been, it's been I love two James weeks. Harden. It's been two weeks. I got it in. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do love him. Carm Dreaming. Anybody have any thoughts or comments on her dream sequence? Amen. I Dang, girl. Know. Yeah. I night sweats? Go, girl. Go, girl. Get it. Girl.
3: <laughs> Get it. She um, about Memoirs wallpaper. of a geisha. There's a lot going on.
2: Okay. Tony at Scatino's store late at night. Next sequence.
3: I love how they made his office just like their new post-up. Just living there.
2: Is that to ensure that he fulfills his bust out? Yeah. Why are they sitting on him? Because it's not it's bugged, vul- right? It's vultures But yeah.
0: literally just totally. hanging over is the dead carcass. Is that the metaphor? Yeah, they're I just think.
2: waiting until there's no meat on the bone yeah. left?
0: just a cool place to hang out because you can get all this free shit right now.
2: Um. The motherfucking light of the sporting goods store, they're just fucking with us, okay? It is the most ordinary, boring place but they're lighting a stage set they're lighting a broadway show it's a a broadway play. play the optics of the whole scene this goes back to this episode being a visual stunner, the ordinariness notwithstanding, right? So the texture and color possibly is elicited against this plot of uncertainty and peril. So you see Tony and like he's hiding cuz he's he's on he's kind of on the lam. This yeah. is like precursor to being on the lam, but he looks like a painting, he looks like a subject in a Caravaggio painting again. And that to me is the the meticulousness with which they take every single frame is a justification for us doing this podcast it's a disservice to our existence on society to not appreciate every time they do this if you find me another cinematic rendition of ordinariness presented in this most beautiful and thoughtful and specific way i'm done i'm out peace pot of bing's over i haven't seen it i haven't seen it it's been this it 18 years i haven't seen something on the big screen with the exception of the Rocky, all eight Rocky movies, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Even five. I said it. Creed 1, 2, and 3. I All of it. All of it. <laughs> but there isn't anything that takes such, like, meticulous care with what they're presenting to their audience, you know? And and noth- it was never more apparent than in this episode for me.
0: Just a little Caravaggio will win makes
2: heart over I know. oh man you could have a bad I know script what to get you for christmas but no. look lighting and you know this you you are in camera shoots all the time lighting is everything definitely and lighting is the hardest thing to achieve you can have the fanciest camera with the fanciest lens and the best aperture the lowest totally. aperture but if you don't have the light it's shit
3: and light can completely make emotions you don't even have to do anything you know
2: You took the word right out of my mouth. That's exactly what it is. It elicits emotion. You're like, wow, this is like some tragic figure that we're looking at in a fucking sporting goods store. Totally. You know? Flying Gavone brothers. Do you guys have anything on that? I couldn't find anything. I just assumed they were trapeze artists. So I took this to be a botched reference to the Flying Karamazov brothers <laughs> who were trapeze artists. Amazing. And this being Tony just fucking it up again, like his the references. But I looked up Gavone, and that means basically an uncivilized or uncultured person. A Gavone. A Gavone. Is it Gavone? All right, so... Again, I don't know where that reference came from. I thought maybe Melfi might have said it, but I I did a, actually a word search on Google and Karamazov was never mentioned Come in on. the show. He says in the same scene... Of, i got to have to move some cash around.
1: If I'm going to land it, I'm going with a fucking package. I'm not going to be like Mickey Masuko. That poor prick, he had five fucking minutes to run. He ended up in some rat-infested motel down in Elvis country.
2: Do we know this guy? Or is it does it, is it just a red herring?
0: Maybe it's a Easter egg for many saints later on. We'll okay. find out.
2: That satisfies me. I'm throwing these names out because I want again, not necessarily even if we see these guys, but is there like a backstory that explains current present action, right?
0: It's interesting that they we get reveals of names and some we'll never hear anything else about, and then others were like when they mention feach. Yeah. yeah. Like that would be insignificant until You know. You know that it's it's yeah. someone.
2: That's why I'm looking at it like I'm looking at it purely for two reasons at this point. Is it a many saints opportunity, number one? And number two, is it something that makes a current present character do something as a result of what happened in the past? Yes. Remember when Tony Tony and Sylvia were talking outside the Bing and he's like, remember what happened to this guy or what happened to that guy? And then that dictates exactly what's going to happen in the next sequence of events. Elvis country is anywhere there are no Jews or Italians, according to the show. Furio didn't get it. But is that what it is? Is it basically flyover country? When you think of Elvis country, Naya, what do you think? I
3: think of Elvis, so I don't know. I don't, I didn't, that I hadn't heard before, but I get
0: it. Yeah, it was a cultural reference that I didn't. It's basically not the West Coast and not the East Coast, right? It's that in between. It's the in between. We
3: wouldn't be there, the three of us.
2: It's the, uh, we'd stick out like green thumbs. Mm -hmm. Carm lunch. Oh. I brought this up because this is a very important moment for me for a reason that you guys probably, Naya might get this one. So we learned that this is obviously, this is Vic's sister. So Carmela is having lunch with Mrs. Katina, the Vesuvio deal uh, lunch got booked. But Vince Guaraldi's playing in the background. Shout out Charlie Brown Christmas. The song that's playing is Cast Your Fate to the Wind. And even Wikipedia, motherfucking Wikipedia didn't pick up that reference that came straight for me i should go into wikipedia and edit the entry on that page
0: you should i think they let you know
2: because <laughs> this was a significant how are you not going to attribute vince Gualdi when he plays in the sopranos agreed it's a beautiful goddamn reference anyway Artie, the remlosa got sold to him that is hilarious so, that is yeah. that encapsulates Artie for me in a nutshell so yeah. he'll
3: take the water but he won't take airline tickets
0: I don't think he knew it was hot no, water.
2: No. Got it. Oh, I like that. Hot water. Is that a term you made up or is that like in I just the
0: think because it, it was so hot. dictionary of OG. Double entendre. Bless
2: so if you right. Google Ramlosa, which why would you do if you were listening to this? Because I basically already <laughs> did it for you and I'm about to tell you what I found. If you Google it, the first thing that pops up is Ramlosa versus everything else. And LA Magazine did a thorough comparison of 11, 11 different sparkling waters. And here are the pertinent ones Pellegrino was ranked eight. Only eight? LaCroix was ranked seven. Don't drink LaCroix anymore. I know, I heard. Is that true? Yes. Perrier. Are we really sure about this? Perrier was four, but Ramlosa was not on the list. So that was made me think like is it an east coast thing or like you know what what's going on there. So we learn from Mrs. Gatino that whose name is Christine that uh that her brother's wife died. He has no kids. She described it as a, having a hostile womb, which is such an like an old school like inappropriate term in this. That's
3: what it's called though. It is
2: yeah, but it just shows you like the medical terminology has not come up with the sign of the times, right? And then there's a sadness about him. But the thing that I love the most was this idea of this metaphor. Like, oh, are, is he coming over to wallpaper your house?
0: Yeah, I thought the euphemism was but, strange. Yeah. She's like, maybe it's your subconscious saying that you should have wallpaper yeah. your house. I'm like, what does that Skrill mean? girl
2: talk. Naya, have you ever used that expression since you're such a Sopranos fan? Have you ever told one of your girlfriends that someone's coming over to wallpaper your house? I have. You have? I have. And did you mean what? Did yeah. You mean, did you mean the literal mm-hmm. or did you mean the euphemistic?
3: I mean the literal.
2: The literal. No, so no. The, the euphemistic. Yeah, mystic.
3: what I didn't notice, the one scene I totally forgot about this was when Tony goes into the bathroom to cry.
0: Yeah, so... Oh, I, is it the same bathroom? Yes,
3: I didn't Whoa. realize it. Well, and
0: he gets the news yeah. about being free, okay, being free in the same
2: bathroom. Where he kissed, where Tony and yeah. Carmela kissed the Correct. Vic. I had never noticed that before. Nice I was observation, guys. Like, yeah. So, Tony in the fishing pole, I know you, you got me on this, John, so... Break down the specs of that fishing pole. Was that an A-grade fishing pole?
0: So it's a Fenwick brand, which is a, a reputable uh, rod brand, but this uh, Penn uh, presidential reel is a super expensive reel. So it's like a, a $1,500 reel with a $200 rod. It They don't go together very well. It's like getting a nice pair of Jordans and wearing really shitty socks with them.
2: Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So it wasn't a fishing setup worthy of Tony Sopranos, what you're saying?
0: And I think maybe that was by design because it was just, again, he got this at the sporting goods store.
2: Okay. So what's going on here, you guys? Is this guilt over potentially going to jail? Is it a last-ditch effort to play catch-up? Is that what is spurring all of this? I don't know,
3: because he misses the swim meet, which is most important. So I can't
2: tell if it's just... Does he miss the swim meet because of what AJ does to him here as revenge? No, I think he just forgot. Hey, look, so this is actually going to... I'm coming out of my shell here a little bit for you, John. <laughs> I see this as problematic from a parenting standpoint to him. He's petty. Mm. And I think that he didn't go to the swim meet because he's like, he chose the mall over me. Mrs. Fields.
0: Oh, because of the answer he gave Carmela? He yeah. thought it was really petty? Oh, yep.
2: man, we're going to get yep. there. It yep. was. Yep. 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 Yep.
3: I think he's just losing it. You really see Tony struggle with how, like, he's falling is, apart at yeah. the seams
2: in this episode. Yeah, and that's why the texture is so important. It's gripping us in. Maybe that's the reason why that bathroom is in flooding of texture, totally. Which is basically even in symbolic the, war, of like, Hold the door.
3: On. The door is even wallpaper. Yeah, and you're boxed seeing Carmela do
2: something, and you, as a fan who's watching it for the first time, you're probably thinking like, "Oh no, Carmela!"
3: But he wants AJ to toughen up. I think he also said that earlier. Where yeah. I think he's like, if he does go away, AJ's a little baby so he, he, he kind of wants to wants make sure
2: that aj's ready yeah, if he has to, to go take care of himself
0: um, it's like the rushing to study for a test the day before cramming. It, it, he's cramming, cramming. parenthood yeah. he's yeah. cramming yeah. parenthood yeah
2: i like that that's really well said smart edit you cut from tony and aj to tony and melfi with a face palm in between mm. um the melfi session was amazing and immaculate as per usual the color palette the rhythm the dialogue felt like it was in meter Like Mm -hmm. you could, you could literally probably put like a little metronome or a beat to it. And that scene was just, it was just, it was rhythmic. The lighting again, the, it was a play.
3: They also had like some surveillance shots, which I thought was really strange.
2: Yeah, well, her uh, uh,
0: non-verbals were on point too. Mm -hmm. Just the way that she grabs herself and
2: uh,
0: steps back in fear of Tony's rage. You could tell that she's been drinking and taking pills. Gaining weight gaining weight.
2: He has a great line where he says once he's out of the house, the government can do whatever the fuck they want to do. Again, that was a powerful moment. He's actually thinking about his kids and he's regretting his choices in life for the moment that he's in therapy. He quickly flips out of it. He always does. As soon as that. As soon as soon he finds out he's off the hook, he's back to his old ways. But when the chips are down and when his back's against the wall, he's a great dad. Because he thinks immediately he reverts to the mean. And the mean for him is his children. Which, again... A lot of dads probably still be thinking about themselves. And maybe in many ways he is thinking about himself because he hasn't had a chance to be a good dad to them yet. That could be a selfish thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, She says to him, I've never seen you like this. Like what's scared? And that unleashes this zero to 100 in three seconds outburst by, by James Gandolfini, which I have learned in the process of doing some of these interviews that the script is very tight and there's no room for improvisation mm. and you read what you were given and you don't deviate from that but i don't know and we're never going to know the answer to this but the way that it comes out i don't think I, I don't think it's written in the script like your engine needs to rev kind of you know it was there has there's a little bit of J- james gandolfini in that moment and it's just two words that he's saying you motherfucker but like i don't know about you guys but when you watch it even today don't you feel like pausing for a second, just to like like have a have a drink of water or something, or a drink of scotch? Something some, some something stronger, stronger, probably. It's, it's intense. Like, yeah. It's intense, man. Most such a thin
0: line of composure from him constantly. Yeah. It could.
2: She says, maybe we should stop. Uh, he tripped up Melfi again. He has this powerful, educated, dominating woman shook. Mm. You know, it's the second time in as many weeks. And it was
0: PTSD from the experience that she had with him. For sure.
2: It's a good point. She's she's thinking back that back in her head.
3: But I do think his outburst is different than we've seen in a while. Like, I think he's really...
2: Yeah, he's, he's she's sweating. He, yeah. He's, he's scared. She said the yeah. word scared, and that's what made it come out. It came out like a 10-year-old. Yeah. Um, there's a theme here now. Tony's always sending Polly out for reconnaissance, right? Like I mentioned earlier, he trusts Polly, and we see this over and over again. It kind of always makes me wonder, like, why Polly? Because we don't know enough about Polly yet. We don't know a lot about Polly's backstory. We just know Polly's Polly. But there's Silvio. There's... Puss, he's not going to go to Puss. He's kind of on the fence with him. But there's also Hash. There's a lot of people he could go to, but he chooses Polly. And I just want to make make that known. That's interesting to me. Like, if you guys have any thoughts on it, I'd like to hear. At this point, knowing what we know about him now. Yeah,
0: I think Polly was his mentor when he was first getting into the game. And I want to say that they allude to Polly was with him on his when he popped his cherry. Uh, with his first kill.
2: I don't know about that, but you just triggered something in my mind. I think he was super loyal to Johnny Boy. Yeah. yeah. And so it's friend. it's transference. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to do what I did for Johnny Boy, what I did for you. That actually probably...
0: Is it the age difference, too, that AIDS and...
2: He's not a threat to, like, taking power? Yeah. Yeah. That's part That could be part of it.
3: He's loyal, though. Also, we learn later that Silvio doesn't want to do his errands. Yeah. So it's like, Polly will do them because he's, like, so loyal.
0: Polly's consistent. Yeah. Polly is Polly. This entire series.
2: Give him a task and he'll do it. Yeah. So David's sleeping in his tent. We're back in the. We're back in the sporting goods store. There's a great line when he tries to like kind of have Tony feel sorry for him. Tony says, "Don't reminisce on me," which is a precursor to our favorite line, right? Which is
3: remember, remember, when. When. remember when is it's the, the lowest. lowest form
2: of communication? Which is so
3: contradicting because he was the one who was first reminiscing, but yeah. he's allowed
2: to do it. Well, he doesn't want to feel. For a minute there, you almost feel like. Tony could have forgiven David for his sins, so to speak, if you will. Like this weird reverse thing. But the interesting moment in the sequence for me is when Tony says to him, you're free to go.
1: Hey, you're not the first guy to get busted out. This is how a guy like me makes a living. This is my bread and butter. When this is over, you're free to go. You can go anywhere you want. Oh,
2: for Christ's sake. It almost seems like Tony's a little envious of David. What do you guys think? I agree.
0: Yeah, I think even still with the situation, in comparison to what Tony's up against, he resents the simplicity that Scatino has. The
2: civilian life. Yeah. The fact that he can live a straight
0: existence. When they had the conversation about, he asks him, why did, why did you let me into that game? Or why didn't you... The scorpion
3: keep, and the frog. Keep me out of the
0: game. I mentioned that scorpion and frog... Uh, I think season one.
2: Mm-hmm. I was trying
0: to remember if I referenced that story I as an example yeah. of something or if they mentioned it.
2: They haven't mentioned it before. This is the first. And the reason I know that is because the uh, it's an Aesop's fable. Mm-hmm. And they haven't done Aesop's fable references yet. This is the first one.
0: When he's talking about the fight that or the stone that he threw at someone, I thought his first question was like, why didn't you let me into what you do? Like, that... His life could have been mm. different. That Scatino could have been. Oh, um, interesting,
2: interesting. Tony, so Tony goes back to the lawyer with four hundred k. He says, "No questions asked." To Carm, give her an allowance. Uh, did the amount surprise you guys? Was it a little low? Was it a little high? Or did you think it was just the right amount?
3: I guess it depends how long he's on the lamb for.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, it's it, never it, it for was me. definitely not going to afford them to continue to live the way they did. But he even said it was just
2: temporary. It, it was a stutter mm. step. And what about his trust of Carmela, his faith in her? Did that surprise you guys?
0: No. No, that's why he's with her. Yeah. She's solid. Yeah. She's the lady that grabs the AK when she hears something outside of her house.
2: She's the Abigail Adams to his Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the tony Carm fight. The first response is honestly just amazing. So where were you? Did you go see Christopher at the
1: hospital? Yeah, I went to see Christopher at the hospital
2: wherever you were it couldn't have been more important than letting your son know that you care about him
1: no only you care fuck you
2: no fuck you right.
1: fuck you you fuck you only you
2: this was an episode within an episode so what i mean by that is if you never saw these two people before In just a few moments, you would be immediately pulled into their world. It was like a mini movie, okay? The gravitational heft of it. And the creative choice to have the camera orbit them, off kilter, and a low angle. What was a handheld?
3: Handheld, went back and forth.
2: Low angle. It was almost as if you were witnessing it from the eyes of a little boy or girl that makes any sense that's how i felt i felt like a little kid in the room watching mommy and daddy fight it's getting a little personal but that's the same feeling that i had when i saw that and i wonder if the intention of the cinematographer was to convey that because that's what the imagery was to me it was mommy and daddy are fighting
0: the smile on his face i know when she started attacking him was
2: yeah
3: well this is so out of character for her which is why it's so fun to watch because we've seen her yell and they fight they fought in the last episode where you know she grabs a pillow and leaves and but this is so different because she initiates the violence
2: what did you think of that
3: i thought she had every reason to do what she did and i did respect that he didn't push her back, but she was just defending her son on such a level, and he had just talked about how he wants to spend more time with AJ, so she's just so fucking pissed off, and here's this other beautiful man who seems like the perfect man, so, like, everything's just to the point where she's just like, fuck you, and shoves him, where, to the point where he's, like, shocked and laughs at her, like, what's wrong with you? Her walking up those stairs, though, I... Probably watch, I have like a little clip of her just like marching up those stairs. I watch every day.
2: The way that she, (laughs) the way that she marches up the stairs and the way that Meadow marches up the stairs on many occasions is like, is cinematic. It's so good. Yeah. So Tony's drunk when Meadow comes home and her sweater, I just want to point out, looked like a Mondrian painting to me. Um, I know it wasn't, but that's exactly how my head works. He says, you know, I love you, right, Med? And it's all for you, you and your brother. She's sort of like jaded by that statement. But the thing that really struck me with this moment between them is that, well, two things. He says, you're all me, okay. Mm-hmm. Which, I've, which we've been talking about. I guess I say that because he said it, so I, I'm saying that. She's also drinking orange juice, which oh. I
3: thought was really fascinating, because this whole, like, oh, you're just like me, but orange juice is this godfather theme. We see the orange juice. It's like this whole ode to the godfather. Out of all the things she could drink in the fridge, she pours a glass of orange juice. So it's <laughs> like she is the dot, the son. Like, she
2: is. Yeah. The Soprano sequel is Meadow as I'm Ana starting Lisa. to
3: believe you on the, like, she would maybe, she, would she is the Did one that could. Did you see her smile
2: when she says, it's okay, daddy, we're all hypocrites? Yeah. She smiles at him knowingly.
0: It's a powerful scene. Probably totally. one of the best interactions between them. She doesn't say a lot. Yeah. But. Uh, body language. The body language. And then. The lighting. Keen in mm-hmm. this, too, when he says, I like the dark. That yeah. resonated with me a lot with how things end
2: oh I like
3: that yeah scorpions do too
2: great stuff you guys
0: man yeah that <laughs> he's was a great, a great actor yeah drunk I, I wonder if it was method that day
3: he might have been obviously he's, he's just all day
2: fucking amazing Vic's in the house right so journey ow, song ow! wheel in the sky okay got that's our first taste of journey um I didn't
3: realize that until this yeah
2: like, first taste of journeys journey is present and prevalent throughout the show but uh Jesus Mary and Joseph after the kiss you mentioned the bathroom she cries but then stops again unrequited love it's not she knows it's not going to go anywhere she knows it can't go anywhere but is this sort of is this sort of training wheels for her in terms of what happens in the future without spoiling anything
0: this is, it's flirting with disaster uh and probably giving her
2: confidence confidence to, to do pursue. that in the
0: future yeah, yeah.
3: It's just so crazy because he has no children. Like, he's a wallpaper man. And she's so superficial, Carmella, to be honest, that I think she's just so lost and frustrated with Tony and, like, dealing with Meadow going to college and AJ, you know, just becoming this, like, chubby little kid that it seems like such a drastic choice for her that it's just true escapism. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, he's just a wallpaper guy, but yeah. she's, like, obsessed with him and kisses him. And
0: she likes the the flirt, she likes the lingering, could this be something? And we
2: know that from Father Intentola. Correct. That's her bag. That's her she game. She plays that game. But he yeah. can
3: teach her things. He's wise. Like, this wallpaper man is just a charming guy who paints walls. Like, it's It's a weird... I feel like she's just so delusionally desperate in this weird...
2: He's. Her, I don't know. He's her own personal Michelangelo. Yeah. Ooh. When she's and sitting anyone in that the gives room. her
0: attention, she gravitates towards.
2: Yeah, when someone looks at you with those eyes and then smiles at you with those with those teeth mm-hmm. junior okay so richie goes to try to work junior right richie tells him he can't help but notice that he's fucking you um you get new gots we get to hear who gots and anytime you get to hear who got, you should get up and do a little dance around Nothing. your living room um richie's surgical precision again the way he's slouched in his chair the way that he's kind of like leaning over and he's talking he almost feels more like a junior soprano than junior soprano if that makes any sense. Richie feels like the boss in this scene. Well,
0: he's so defeated. He's on house arrest. He's lost all of his power. And he even, but he was just so on it when he immediately knew, like, this isn't you. This is, this is, uh... Janice. Janice. Genius. This
3: was my, this was the most important thing to me. He warned Richie.
1: Let me
0: tell you who's not a
1: good kid. That niece of mine. I left my brother's house one night. And my wallet was light. I'm talking about a ten year old girl here, Richie. Word to the wise, that's all I'm saying.
2: Everybody warned Richie though. Even Tony warned him in the kitchen when he was telling him when he was holding up the fork and the eggs. Yeah, but I feel like she's your problem now.
0: I definitely want to see a scene in Many Saints of Janice stealing that money out of the wall.
3: Totally. <laughs> Did you guys also notice that it went from the like soap opera Vic and Carmella into yeah. Junior watching and Bold he, and the Beautiful, and he calls her the Poutan, which means whore, which is funny.
2: And the Bold and the Beautiful was playing while Richie was in there. The Bold. And the beautiful,
0: oh. and you're referring to Janice as the beautiful. I'm referring the-
2: to Richie as the beautiful oh. man because I'm I, I am so in love with Richie at this point. Like I, this has been the the best part of the podcast for me at this point. Honestly, has been has been getting to like fall in love with Richie and appreciate the acting caliber, the performance that he's been putting on, like literally holding his own.
0: And I know we have some fundamental disagreements about opinions of characters in the show, but your passion for him has made me give him a better chance like yeah, i, I you, like
2: him you're super super a ralphie guy me too um, he's, he's
0: my favorite so it's ralphie. hard to what's that you love ralphie too you love ralphie mm-hmm. wow ralphie's the best but I love hey, Richie's good. Nothing you know. but net, motherfucker.
2: So getting to watch the Ralphie, the, I'm going to be watching him with the same magnifying glass that I've been watching Richie. So you're going to love. You never him. know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I am. I mean, I, I'm already thinking of three scenes in my head. But let's get there. Let's get let's get through season two. Okay. So Meadow gets into Berkeley and NYU. Congratulations, Meadow. The show then cuts to the homemade sausage infomercial with Livia watching the TV. Meadow cleans up, gets some cash. A very clever little granddaughter type of move. Um, the phone call with Carm and Vic. Gets Galatine de poulet. Have you ever made that or had that? No, which
3: I went on a deep dive about because it's a French dish. But I think she was trying to show off. Because every Italian girl is taught the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. So you learn how to cook. And so I think she, out of all the things she knows how to cook, she's going to try to do something like extra special.
0: It's listed as a spoof as well because apparently it's a dish that requires multiple days to prepare. So it would have been impossible for her to
2: make that. It's like Shintai. a stuffed chicken type thing. She was chopping those thing. onions pretty quick in the with her apron on.
3: Listening to Shania Twain.
2: Yeah. I oh, love that song. Um, <laughs> the Witness House. So another great autopsy line. He refers to this scene as televisual efficiency. And again, that's fucking beautiful. Um, in just a few moments, we know everything we need to know about these people with very minimal dialogue, Right. They're bookish. I love this song. Uh, I'm going to ask you something about that in a second. So yeah. there's Red Wine. There's Staccato Piano. Do you know the song?
3: Yeah, it's Peter Hill. It's a Variations for Piano, Opus 27. It's like a very, what it's called, it's like, um, uh, what's the genre called? It's like Philip Glass genre of music. So It's like very progressive, forward classical music. It
2: sounded like a very, cat was very
3: jumping out.
0: on a piano. It's,
2: it's like abstract
3: classical. It was
2: very Hitchcockian to me.
3: Yeah, but it's like what intellects would listen to. Like is a, that an
2: accurate descriptor, calling it staccato? Yeah. Okay.
3: Staccato is when you play a note really quickly.
2: And then the couch pattern. I was all about that couch pattern. Yeah. What about you guys, Now, mm-hmm. Before we talk about the wife, the book he was reading... It's called Anarchy, State, and Utopia by Robert Nozick. It came out in 1974. Nozick was a political philosopher who won the National Book Award in 1975 for this book. It was named one of the 100 most influential books since World War II. The key premise of this book, and a lot of the Sopranos Graham fans would appreciate the premise of this book, and Sopranos fans in general too, the the Elvis country. Um, The key premise of the book is that Uh, is the argument for a minimal state. So protection, enforcement of contracts, and that's mostly it. Leave us alone, don't touch us, don't bother us, all that stuff. That's basically the whole gist of that book. The newspaper, we find out, leading to the point that you wanted to bring up, which is the wife, links Matthew Bevilacqua to the Soprano family. His wife... Star Ledger. ...initial reaction. Where
1: on the fridge? On the fridge, on the fridge! are on the fucking fridge? (gasps) I knew it! But
0: you had to be the big man. On the fridge, on the fridge. <laughs> yeah, there was like a a real fear out of her. But uh, you
2: had to be the bigger she, man.
0: She has been contacted. Did really? You? Oh Of oh course, God. are you
2: fucking kidding me? That was that was acting. That was a, that was incredible. You had to be the big man. Yeah. That's a great line. So it's a good. fun line to get to say. So good. How many wives and how many like sig- like serious relationship, like significant others Oof. have wanted to say that to... Uh, I've had I that being said to me all the time. You wanted to be the big shot. You wanted to be the star. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, here we go. My sister leaves that
3: on my voicemail like once a week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just that entire monologue.
0: It was strange to me that... If he knew immediately who Tony Soprano was that he didn't put 2 and 2 together when he was just like pointing out faces. I don't think he knew who he was. You don't was. think he knew? Okay. I think
3: that's why that it was so shocking cuz the FBI people didn't... Because he asked, who is he? Like, who are they? Oh, just mixed up with the wrong people. Yeah.
2: So we find out Tony's watching the History Channel, right? He's watching General Patton on That's the History Channel. That's a great Channel. cut, I thought. And Polly gets calls to tell about the witness. The witness chickened out. My problem with this is, is it as simple as him being afraid to cross the Soprano family? Is they
3: that- planted the story in the Star-Ledger. That's what they... I believe that they decided to let it out. Because if the FBI told him who it was of course he would back out from IDing him. So they, the star ledger is like a shitty, the the fact that she was reading the star ledger doesn't make sense for that couple, but she was reading like a shitty magazine. That's where Chrissy saw his name, the star ledger. And so they leaked that story. So he would find out. That's what I think the mob, like Tony's crew.
0: That's deep shit. Naya. That's fucking awesome. That's I the only way. Because that. if, if, awesome. cool. if they can't figure out who
3: he is, if they can't figure out by then his Why did they say
2: that? Why didn't Paul say sh- that little thing we did? My, my little person over at the star's like, it. Because that's like.
3: Because. Because they couldn't figure out what it, who it was, they couldn't get their... The FBI people was so tight, he couldn't do that. So they had to find another way to get to him.
0: That's a reach that
2: I'll accept. I will. That's not even a reach. That's some glorious fucking shit right it's there, press. man. You know what that is? That's that's a gossip. fresh. That's a baked ziti fresh out of the oven. And when you go right in the middle in the like the cheesy center, that's the cheesy center right there. Totally. Fucking a! I love that. It has been bothering me to this day. Eight, 20, 18 years later, and it's because the mob leaked it. Of course. And then they, but how do they know that that guy was going to read it? That's the other thing then. Star Ledger, it's a bad, it's like, it's like, like people,
3: it's like a shitty, like, thing.
2: And with that, I just have two more
1: words to say. Obama out.
3: <laughs> that's at least what I took from it. Because like, why is she reading it? Why, you know, they wouldn't genius. let him know.
2: I love it. I'm ready to just leave that. On the
3: fridge, on the fridge.
2: I'm just going to
0: leave that. <laughs> so <back> good. <laughs> you have to soundbite that like yeah. seven times.
2: Um. So the David and Vic Musto showdown, the only thing I want to say about that is that Vic is a good guy. He's paying for his nephew's education. That's a really awesome thing. But in this scene is where we learn essentially what the bust out is and what the bust mm. out entails.
0: But well, the, I looked into that and wallpaper guys don't make a lot of money. <laughs> it's, it's,
2: and Georgetown is not cheap. Christine Scatino is no dumb individual. Mm. I mean, she's gonna yeah, she's, she's, she's going to bounce back. She's going to bounce back, you know? David's out, but it's Christine's business. So I feel like, the, I feel like that Netflix series would be okay. With, right. You know? The... I
3: thought that edit out of it, where it was the History Channel... And it was like, the mob going into—the uh, mob, like, he was talking about how the mob just, like, comes in like vultures, like you said. And yeah. then the next line is, the only way he knows is violence from the History Channel. Yeah. And it's literally, like, the army coming in to destroy. And I was like, wow, that's definitely what they just did to poor little Dave Scatino. They mm-hmm. just-
2: okay, so Tony sees Beansy, and he gives him some fat stacks— Okay, and he insists and and Beansy, there's like this push and pull and and Beansy doesn't want it. And then and Tony's face changes kind of. He goes back through like this menacing state to this calm state. Why was T so thankful that Beansy took the money? Can you guys just simple? Am I overthinking it?
0: It was strange. And I, I just had to think that he wanted to feel better about himself and wanted to have some closure with fixing a problem that really wasn't his problem to start.
3: He's all over the place. I agree.
0: Yeah.
3: I think he's just, you know, he he dodged a bullet. So he's just going to do a, a string of weird shit.
2: Like, like, you know. Have you ever seen anybody so happy after they gave somebody $50,000 and then walked away? Well, he
3: feels like it's karma. Like, I'm okay. going to do something good for someone else. All right. You know?
2: And it's and it's bust out money anyway. Yeah. It's house money, right? Which
3: is so ironic because Dave Scatino is so miserable and sad. Like, he could have thrown him a bone, but instead...
2: Well, he did throw David Scatino a bone. And it's the same... I'm going to do the Tony speech on you right now. A man made a wager and he True. lost. A True. man made another one and he lost again. Yeah. So take your moral high ground and go sleep in the fucking bus station. <laughs> he told Scatino... Yeah. to not get in the game. Agreed, yes. And he, Scatino chose to get in the game.
0: But he admitted to Scatino that he'd let him in the game because he knew that this would happen.
2: It's my bread and butter.
0: And I think later on, Artie even suggests that to Tony, and he plays innocent. He's like, oh, wow, don't think of me that way.
2: Yeah, it's not like Tony it's put true. a gun to his head, though. He Tony could have been leading him towards a bust-out, but David Scatino's a grown-ass man, you know? He knows who Tony Soprano is. So, again, I am on the side of the organized crime here because this is free will. This is not extortion. This is not like you are going to bust out. This is you decided to play a game and you couldn't pay your debts. Right. Because remember, Richie was happily coming there, putting trying on sunglasses. They were happily collecting checks until they weren't. Tony and AJ on the boat was a father and son scene. It was a nice way to wrap up this whole idea that he wants to spend more time with his son. But the main the main thing for me is that the song, the Journey song comes back, and we hear the exact lyric, the wheel in the sky keeps on turning. Totally. I don't know where I'll be tomorrow. And it's very poignant.
3: I thought it was interesting where they're talking about the harbor master. He's like, oh, but if he sees, and AJ goes, nobody's going to see, which I think is such a funny parallel because this whole thing was he's been... S- he, like someone saw him do something bad, tony like yeah. he was uh he was a witness, yeah, I thought it was just interesting that he chose to say that like no one's gonna see me if I drive,
0: and the whole tipping over the mm-hmm. canoe did you was make, did you it was on the nose of like the wake of destruction of mm-hmm. tony just okay. he goes where he wants and does what he wants and everyone is a victim to that
2: and all the kayaks in his path are witnesses doomed for destruction final round could a netflix series be spun off on the basis of this episode and what would it look like what do you got john
0: i have the wallpaper man same an interior design show that involves vic and occasionally he hooks up with the people on the show uh i have (laughs) On I'd the, watch that on the lamb. Chop. It's actually a
2: great show. I would watch that because <laughs> he just goes into <laughs> different it's, people's it's houses. Like, it's like an HGTV totally with random hookups.
0: Yeah, like Willie, won't he? <laughs> <laughs> who's he? Who's he getting today? Uh, I have on the lamb chop. It's a food show I love starring it. Furio and Tony traveling around on the lamb eating food.
3: I love it. <laughs> so bless Furio's Drive, heart, drive-ins man. and dives or whatever. Yeah, that's so
0: good. Uh, did you have any nitpicks? The attempted suicide was. A little awkward. I couldn't tell if he was playing Russian roulette. Like it sounded like he
2: he clicked. clicked once. He
0: clicked once.
2: I think it was empty.
0: And he was preparing for he was, it.
2: He was getting. He was getting used to the idea. And I. And I. Sadly, I know a little bit too much about this. But that's right. Yeah. It's. It's. You. You try to get comfortable. Sometimes people want to taste what. Yeah. It, what the metallic tastes like in your mouth. You're trying to normalize this the moment. To To make it more like everyday kind of thing so that one day You're you can ready. just, it's so normalized, it's just automatic.
3: When she came down the stairs, there was a poster that said Easy Does It yeah. behind her. Which I, I wanted was, to find meaning. Me did you too. find any meaning? No, I just thought it was weird that they chose to put that poster there.
2: But everything's intentional, so yeah. why did they do that? I don't know, and then there's all those trof- trophies Online. behind him. Yeah.
3: There's a lot of trophies yeah. in that basement.
0: Yeah. It's interesting that Tony dodges two massive bullets, one being convicted for this murder, and then also Carmella cuckolding him by yeah. cheating on him. And he gets away with it all because he's Tony fucking Soprano. Yeah. Like that alone scared two people from...
2: Does what she did constitute a cheat? I mean, I don't think so.
3: But really? I'm a bad person sometimes. So-
2: Yeah. Yeah, see, (laughs) so in a normal relationship, I would agree with you, but in their world, she knows the rules, right? And she obviously knows that she's subservient to him, but he's been cheating on her since time immemorial. So I I feel like, yeah, she would be in the wrong because of, by virtue of, she knows what she signed up for, but... It's this weird thing for me. Like, I'm kind of like she's not a cheater. She didn't cheat.
3: Because she's so religious. It just feels very out of character for her. That's all. I don't think she she. Yeah.
2: I'm in this weird limbo with her about it. But he's dashing. So I will end with this idea of the episode being extra special for that process-oriented look at how the mob makes money. Remember how I said a long time ago how, like, one of the things I love about the show is that it always makes me—I feel like it makes me smarter this was case in point. I mean, we learn a lot. We learn what a bust out is and we learn the optics and the kind of like the the diagram of how that works and how they make money. And by we, I'm speaking particularly to people that are not versed in the revenue stream opportunities of organized crime families. So the civilian viewer gets a PhD in street smarts for want of a better expression. And this goes back to that initial fascination that I always go back to with the show, it's an unfiltered window to the world that many, many, many of us would never have access to, and letting us watch it, to quote Dr. Melfi, without any of the consequences. Thank you, John. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Naya. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you next week.